to Welcome to Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we are here to discuss Season 2, Episode 14 of Charmed, Charmed Classic, Pardon My Past. And oh my god. Ugh. I think I actually remember liking this episode a little, but no. No. Like when you first saw it a while ago? Yeah, like back in the day when I was first watching Charmed. Well... I mean, it's... It stands out. Well, uh, When I, you're thinking back on Charmed, you remember this episode. I don't want to steal from Alison Pregler, which is very hard to do because she's incredibly funny. And, you know, her videos on Charmed are... Definitive? Are, yes. But there is a cardinal sin of Charmed, which is that it has very good ideas that it's unable to develop into good television Mm, i'm not sure if that's the problem with this episode i think this idea might have been a little half-baked yeah but it's building off of what i think has been a kind of subtly ish for charmed seated subplot about phoebe being worried about a propensity towards evil okay okay i can see that it got introduced in the Woogie episode with her talking about how, uh, like the Woogie, she was born in the house, like the thing in the basement. She was, which will later be the Nexus, and it's this whole thing. But, ah, oh God, I wish they played with the fact more that she was born in the house, so she has this connection to the dark power that, you know... Or that... maybe even the fact that she was born in the house means... She has a connection to other things. Like, the fact that this episode takes place in the house because her past life also lived in this house. Like, I mean, remember, the Hollowells, or the Warrens, rather, specifically built this house because it was on a nexus. Right. A, a nexus which is a power that has neither good nor evil. It just is raw power. And whoever's... On top of it, basically. Yeah. Has control of it at the time. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Uh, Go on. No, the fact that she was born on the Nexus should have an effect on things. And it could help explain why her past life was also her ancestor, which... No, I think that was just a terrible idea that they should not have done. (laughs) Yeah, well. But also... Also... I, I mean... The Phoebe evil thing is running throughout the show. Like the, I mean, she does become the queen of hell. Yes, it is actually leading to something. But, like, the future episode where we see that, you know, she's in jail for murdering that guy. Okay, okay, yeah, but back up a second. <laughs> the morality of Charmed is... Not great, yeah, but okay, okay, whatever. She killed a human guy, which is different from killing a warlock, which is a human guy with powers. It's still murder. Like, it's very much still murder, but it does make a difference, apparently. Okay, I guess so. If a guy comes after you with a baseball bat and you kill him with your powers, it's bad. But if a guy comes after you with fire fingers and you kill him, it's fine. It's like when Willow killed Warren, 
And the rest of the Scoobies were like, oh no, if she kills a human, she'll definitely go over the line and be irredeemably evil, even though Warren is, you know, the worst human ever. Also, Buffy, when you were kicking those dudes off of horses in the finale of season five, being kicked by someone with super strength when you're on horseback fighting that person when they're on top of a moving vehicle they're pro- she probably killed at least a few of the knights of whatever okay but you're you're missing an important distinction those characters weren't named mm. Mm. so this episode of charmed was written by michael gleason and directed by john perret Mm-hmm. We have not seen them yet. They will do more episodes. I actually checked to see if Michael Gleason had written more episodes of Charmed, and he does. Mostly because this episode, I don't know, it kind of feels like somebody had a different story, and then they kind of warped and maneuvered it into fitting into a different TV show. This this whole thing, I was kind of surprised to find out that it only had a couple of people writing it because it it gave me real wedding from hell this was written by 17 million people vibes it has a single credited writer now that doesn't mean it didn't go through a lot of revisions in the writer's room but they're enough just, they're of just it... pinning the blame on one person <laughs> well i mean the writer's guild has specific rules about who gets credited for scripts so enough of it was this guy's fault <laughs> should we get into it we should we should get into it the episode opens with uh, some 24-hour party people. Yes, suddenly the Charmed Ones have a bunch of friends, and they're throwing a party. And Phoebe is, you know, really upset because she's trying to study for a test, and she can't study for a test with all of these party people at this party. The house is so big. It's so big. I have a... I mean, I, I've been that guy. I had a, I had a roommate who just he he would have people over at like three in the morning on work nights and he'd like have the tv at full blast and later like he ended up having to move out because he lost his job and blah 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 blah. but later he ran into our other roommate and he's like yeah it's too bad that it didn't work out i guess we were you know just two different people to be roommates and i was like when my Uh roommate told me about that i was like no it didn't work out because he never paid rent and also was loud at all hours of the night. Like, there was a bit... I'm sorry, I'm getting some stuff out here. There was a bit where he had a friend over, and they were blasting the TV on, like, a Tuesday night at 3 in the morning. And I went in, and I talked to him about this before. I went in, and I just turned the TV off and went back in my room. And his friend was like, oh, that was so rude. Like, I could hear it from my room. And I'm like, you're in my house blasting a TV at 3 a.m. How is that rude? Sorry. Okay. I I feel like we all have bad roommate stories. Yeah, I, I, I think everybody has a bad roommate story. I I just had a run of them for a while there. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So at Did the... Phoebe not know they were gonna have a party? Could she not have made plans to go to the library and study? Yeah, like, e- even given the idea that, also, what is the progenesis of this party? Why are they having a party? Piper, at one point, even says to Prue, oh, we should throw parties more often. This is fun. And I'm like, 
You don't know anyone. <laughs> you don't have a social circle. Although they... they... Well, okay, so speaking of who they do and don't know, the two people that they do know, neighbor Dan and Leo, newly human Leo, are having like a peeing race at the party. Oh God, they're having a man off where they talk about sports and whoever knows the most about sports and beer and beer sports. Whoever knows the most about all that, he's going to get to have sex with Piper. Leo does set off neighbor Dan's kind of something is wrong alarms in his head because all of his references are 50 years old because, you know, he's a dead guy who became an angel and then came back from the dead because he wanted to seduce Piper. I mean, he worked for quite some time before seducing Piper. He slept with her. He slept with her grandma at one point. Yes, yes. But wait, wait. Do you think that he could see the future and knew that she was waiting, you know, in the future for him to have sex with? Um, we know from this episode that he did. Oh, gross. Oh god, I forgot about that. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Ugh. Uh, why did they think that? Okay, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it. But Neighbor Dan is getting suspicious because Leo only knows people who played baseball in like the 30s. And, you know, he said that he was in the army, but he doesn't know what, oh, uh, I don't know, what war he fought in. Yeah. Like, he's like, because oh. it was World War II. Yes. You'd think Leo would be more abreast of that sort of thing. He's been human for, like, a month. He's had time to come up with a backstory. Also, do the elders not let him, like, watch baseball or read newspapers? It is forbidden. God. So, up in Phoebe's room, she gets upset and she decides she's going to go downstairs and make them turn off the music. Although we, we the audience, hear that the music has gone from your, your classic mid-2000s music to... 1920s speakeasy music also the the sisters have ushered everyone out of the party because they were unaware that phoebe was trying to study so they're just kicking everyone out now well phoebe comes downstairs and trigger warning yeah so there's no one down there but then she is well trigger warning for sexual assault skip what 30 40 seconds ahead Yes. Yeah. And an invisible force starts molesting her. Yes. It shoves her against the wall. It starts pulling off her clothes. And then she faints. And everyone comes running back into the house. By everyone, we mean all of the characters with names. None of the 24-hour party people, the two sisters and Dan and Leo. The 24-hour party people have disappeared back into the void from whence they came. And Leo, neighbor Dan, and her sisters come in to see wh- what what is wrong. Mm. And then we go to credits. When this is the song that we got because we lost the rights to the song that was the opener. Is that what it is? Yeah, they, they lost the rights to uh, right. the I Am The Sun, the, I Am The Air. The, uh, the, uh... Craft song. The craft song, yes. Yeah. Which, uh, can you imagine losing the rights to your own theme song? Well, it's because they didn't secure them for distribution because they didn't realize, you know, that they were going to distribute things. Apparently it was also not in the last season. Oh, 
That's embarrassing. But I mean, they well, that's they when they switched canceled. networks. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess yeah they went from WB to CW. Mm-hmm. That's why they got uncanceled. They thought they were done, but then the CW was like, "No, we need one of the shows that has people watching it." Billy. God. So. They're hustling. It's kind of funny how, after the credits, everyone just sort of exchanged glances. And then Piper's like, hey, neighbor Dan, why don't you leave? And he's like, Leo doesn't have to leave. What's going on? Why does Leo get to stay? And Piper's like... Because he's my employee. No, Piper does not have a good reason. Piper's just like, I'll see you later. Neighbor Dan's like, come on, something's something's going on here. And she just sort of pushes him out the door. Neighbor Dan is so suspicious. And I mean, like, he should be, but... I, I, what's his name? I already forgot his name. Jack. Jack is gone now, but I, I appreciated that he made the comment to neighbor Dan early on where he said, you know what? Stuff's weird, but I like her, so I just have to roll with it. Because at least it explained why somebody would be subjected to this over and over again and just roll with it. I feel like there's something going on with neighbor Dan just because of how pushy he is about this relationship. I mean, I know there's not because I've watched this show, but yeah, he really is being set up to be something. Which, I mean, even if he's not like a demon or something, I know it's a plot that eventually Charmed runs into the ground. But like the person who's suspicious about the sister's secret is a role that the show feels like it needs for some reason i i guess you could do a good job with it they I, never do but i mean maybe maybe it'll turn out that he was really one of their sons from the future and then it becomes really awkward that he was dating piper oh god yep chris did sleep with a woman who was disguised as one of his aunts <laughs> oh i can't Ugh. wait till we get to chris me neither it's so weird i'm like you know what i'm really excited to talk about chris okay i don't think that's weird i am really ex- i i like chris well, you'd think we'd be excited to talk about cole which i also oh am. my god of course i can't wait to talk about cole it's season three though right like we have to slog through the rest of season two before we start getting like yeah we're halfway through season two it's okay yeah in the Speaking meantime back in this episode season two yes phoebe is telling the sisters and leo about her experience about how there was an invisible force, and she could, like, hear old-timey music. And Leo's like, maybe you're connecting psychically to the past. And Phoebe's like, I can do that. And he's like, yeah. Eh. Eh. What do you think a past munition is? Yeah, and this is something they'll do with Phoebe a few times. She gets psychically connected to that Native American guy in that one episode. I don't remember that. That was the one where... Uh, Prue and Cole go back to cowboy times and Prue has like a cartoonish lady cowboy outfit that she just I do remember that yeah and Cole kills a guy and she's all like I can't believe that you killed someone this is why I can never trust you after shooting a dude because if you if you kill someone with a fireball you're bad but if you shoot someone it's fine also apparently you can go back in time and kill as many people as you want and it doesn't matter well if you go back in time and kill people by the rules of time travel you were meant to kill them so mm-hmm. it's okay the next day prue accompanies 
Phoebe to school to protect her in case, you know, something is going to attack her. And once Phoebe goes into class, Prue notices an exhibition where some students are showing off their photographs. Oh, good. This is the introduction of this plot. So, God, it's so bad that this plot reminds me of the later seasons of Sabrina. That's weird. I mean, I know it it predates the later seasons of Sabrina when she's working at that magazine. Right, right. The one that wasn't Spin Magazine, but it it was Spin Magazine. Yeah, because Prue starts working at Crush or Splorf or something in the show. Oh, does she start working at a magazine? I just remembered her being a freelance photographer. No, she gets a job at a magazine like Sabrina, Blotch, Crunch. Uh, okay you know it's one of those you know one word hip wanting to be spin magazine yes but back at p3 piper and leo are still talking out their weird new relationship and piper's like so do you think it's like a poltergeist or do you think it's like i I don't know what do you think it is Is some sort of malevolent psychic force and leo's like why won't you suck my dick anymore Leo tells Piper that Phoebe's past life is trying to warn her about something. I think I want to come back to this later. Because it's aggressively not what's going on in this episode. I don't get why that, I mean, it's the right conclusion, but it's weird that that's the place that Leo jumped to when there's invisible demons psychic demons there's so many things it could be but he jumps to the weird she's got a connection to her past life also reincarnation is apparently a thing which i don't get because we know that people canonically become ghosts and charmed after they die especially witches i That's why I was saying earlier that this episode feels like it was written and then squeezed into Charmed. Because it doesn't work with the Charmed mythos. Not that they don't play fast and loose with the rules of how magic works. But this episode just aggressively doesn't fit in. Yeah, like... I'll admit to not really knowing a ton about how reincarnation works, but... I feel like it's fundamentally separate from the whole there's a ghost place where you hang out after you die. Heaven? It, it seems like it's sort of, by its nature, incompatible with an afterlife. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Neighbor Dan shows up and asks Piper if maybe it's not a good idea for her to have a guy living in the stock room of her club, which I am certain is illegal. I am certain they are not zoned for that. But also maybe know anything about him since his entire life appears to be a lie. And Piper's like, it's fine. It's weird that Piper's not like, hey, it's actually pretty creepy that you've been doing research on Leo. I don't know. This is actually one of the less creepy things Neighbor Dan does. Like, Leo set off his bullshit detectors, and rightly so, because he's lying. And, I don't know, Neighbor Dan has some 
gift of fear sense that Leo is not who he says he is. So he looks into it and he's like, huh, this guy is lying about everything he's told us. So maybe he's bad news. I, this is the one of the less creepy things Neighbor Dan has done. Back in the classroom, Phoebe has another attack. She is getting choked by a ghost and like thrown around and her whole class sees this this apparent evidence of the existence of the supernatural but don't worry about that i mean i i honestly might have assumed that she was having a seizure no no we see her get lifted up from her chair and thrown ah on the plus side, she there. there's way more scenes of Phoebe in college than I remember there being, so. Yeah, so I guess she was, in fact, a student. She's a student. She... Like Heather from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm. So, the ghost apparently, or path, her connection to her past self, whatever's coming through that connection, gets bored with choking her, so it stops. <laughs> it, it got bored because Prue shows up. All right, I just, I feel like the first, we are, we are like 12 minutes into this episode, which is a lot for, you know, a 40 minute episode that airs on network television. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it takes this episode so long to get to the meat of it, which is Phoebe traveling back in time, which is the discussion happening now at the manor. She needs to go back to the past to... Put right what once went wrong. No, just kidding. She needs to find out. Yeah, if she knows what happened to her past self, then she can stop whatever is currently happening to her. Okay, so this is Leo's theory, which is not accurate. But by going back in time, she does figure out what she needs to do. It, he's, he's like right by accident. Or he's lying because we know that he knows what's really going on. So Leo's just lying. Leo's just a lying liar. Or alternatively, this episode was not well written. <laughs> the girls find the spell to send you into your past life. And there's no spell to come back out of your past life. So they assume that that means that... It's like a permanent one-way trip. No, no, the opposite. They assume that means that Phoebe can just come back whenever she wants. Well, Leo does. Leo's like, that's probably how it works. And Prue's like, probably? What if it's the opposite? I, I just... I just... I can't with this episode. But Phoebe's like, look, the plot's not going to get started unless someone does some goddamn magic. So she reads out the spell, and then she gets voiped into her past life and you know what charmed can't do what's that period pieces what no surely not so as those of you who uh i don't know are subscribed to us know we recently did a uh podcast about wandavision yes yes we did welcome to westview it's been popping up in your feed it's okay if you didn't watch it or listen to it because you know you're not obligated to absorb every reaction to a, you know, Disney product that's out there in the ether. But in the first few episodes, actually for the 
good part of the show. Yeah. Uh, it, it is essentially a series of period pieces. And I kind of... Charm, Charm doesn't do well being put up against it. It really doesn't. And I know that WandaVision was benefiting from literally pulling from old TV shows and borrowing, like, mannerisms and sets. But... <laughs> God can charms not do period pieces, as we will see. I feel like this is not not the first, but sort of the first, because the last time we went back in time in Charmed, it was the episode where they went back to team up with their mom and their grandma against a demon when they were little girls. That episode, I feel like, was okay, because it didn't really touch on the time period part of it yeah. too much. This episode, and then later the 70s episode. Oh, God, the 70s episode. Okay, so this episode takes place in the 20s in the way that a teenager buying a costume at Party City called Flapper Girl is from the 20s. And the 70s episode, take that same sentence but replace it with Hippie Girl. God, yes. I really love Holly Marie Combs. I think she's genuinely a good actress. God, is she terrible at pretending to be from the 20s. Like, she has a... She has this line where she's like, Hey, Jake, I need some more giggle water. And I'm like, oh my god, once more with less enthusiasm. Okay, wait, I just realized this episode is called Pardon My Past. This episode is literally apologizing to us for its existence. Sorry, sorry, y'all. I know that I can't do period pieces. Pardon me. So, yes, uh, Phoebe's past self is a flapper chick, a flapper witch. An evil flapper witch who lives in the manor with her cousins. Yeah, because remember... The Charmed Ones are the first three sisters born in the Warren line in hundreds and hundreds of years. So Phoebe's past life here can't have two sisters, but we still need to have Prue and Piper's past lives so they're cousins. Sure. Also, Phoebe is just like outwardly a witch because we see a person who's coming out of the speakeasy thanking her for giving her a love potion so an evil witch we're assuming or is this under that weird umbrella where love spells are cool if you're i mean i she is blatantly an evil witch but yeah i mean they cast love spells and it seemed to be not a problem i don't know i don't know also i just want to emphasize here that they're running a speakeasy out of the manor. A really, really obvious speakeasy, which... Okay. Also, wouldn't Grams be alive for this? In the 19... Yeah, I feel... Yeah, I think she should be. So... Is one of the... Cousins Grams's mom... That must be the case, yes, because this past life of Phoebe's dies without having any children, so so she's not actually of the Warren line, right? Oh, no, she, she'd be of the Warren line. 
Okay. Okay. Although, she, I was going to say, although she doesn't have one... I sort of assumed from every other woman we see in the show who's of the Warren line, wouldn't wouldn't she have a one of Melinda Warren's powers? Because it seems like every one in the family, like, you know, uh, Patty could freeze time. Penny could... Grams could move objects with their mind. It, it seemed like ever and and that one warlock they fought, who fought one of their ancestors, talked about the ancestor having telekinesis, but she channeled it through her hands instead of her eyes. Well, according to Leo, later on in this episode, Phoebe's power was in fact part of the Warren power set, but they lost it because Phoebe was bad. Yeah, apparently, like, your skills decrease when you succumb to evil in one of your past lives. This is, like, a real high school understanding of what reincarnation means. Also, that doesn't make... I mean, it's really easy to say you get different powers when you become evil because you blatantly get different powers when you become evil. I mean, remember, blinking, we know, is a warlock-specific power. Not when it was introduced, but eventually in this show, the ability to blink and transport yourself from place to place will be a warlock-specific power. And when Phoebe get, when Phoebe becomes evil later, she literally gets the fire powers back. Which also doesn't make sense with this episode, since the whole point was she lost the fire powers because she was, you know what, let's just, you know what, let's just, let's just push through. I mean, Prue's powers apparently are... Prue's past self's power is apparently ice breath, so... I mean, this this episode has to be massive discontinuity. It doesn't fit in anywhere, but... You're, you're right. It feels like someone was writing for a different show. Right? It's like somebody wrote a spec script for some other show, and then... Like, a spec script for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and then they got hired on at Charmed, and we're like, oh, let's do this script. And remember, Sabrina actually does have a cousin who could be this past life person. Katrina. Her... Oh, no, no, you're right. The She, she has, I, I was thinking of her secret evil twin. Oh, God. That was a weird show. That was a weird show. And it really loses the thread later. But When it stops being about witches altogether. Yeah, when it's just about Sabrina, the... Sabrina, the college sophomore. Oh, I was going to say... After that, when it just becomes Sabrina, the girl who lives in a house with two other girls. Sabrina, the girl who rooms with Punky Brewster. God. Speaking of terrible reboots. Because at some point we were talking about Charmed. Yes! So, yeah. Phoebe walks through the house. There's the moment, the quantum leap moment where she looks in the mirror except she looks like herself the whole time so i don't know why we had to do a look in the mirror moment and then she walks into the house and she sees someone dancing the charleston because it's the 20s and she exchanges looks with the guy playing the piano and it took me a sec because so generic but it's neighbor dan it's neighbor dan with his hair slicked back you change his hair slightly and he becomes a completely different person. Yeah, he doesn't have the aggressively early 2000s hair anymore. Piper is at the bar, which there's there's a bar in the house now because it's speakeasy. a speakeasy. 
And Phoebe also lives in, or Phoebe's past self also lives in this house. So the conversation they have is weird. Well, the conversation is kind of to establish that she has some sort of scary power and that her cousins, I almost said sisters, her cousins are nervous about her, you know, in a don't send us to the cornfield type of way. But she tells Piper that she doesn't like the generic 1920s filler music that Dan is playing. So she should go over and tell him to play another song. And Piper goes over, Piper's past life goes over and tells Dan, keep playing the song. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves generic 1920s filler music, baby. So then Phoebe goes over to Prue, who I can't tell if she's supposed to be wearing a terrible wig in universe, but it's such a bad wig. It's like the cheapest possible Velma Kelly wig one could possibly buy. Yeah, it's like, and they cut bangs in it awkwardly. They didn't even, they didn't even carefully cut the bangs in. But let's not ignore the most important thing, which is that she is a photographer now. Because your passions carry through to you across lifetimes. Of course they do. Didn't you watch Soul? People don't get reincarnated in Soul. Yeah, but the the their the soul has the passion, right? So if it's the same soul over and over, presumably it would keep the same passion. Anyway, then Phoebe goes over to a small child who is playing, giving someone a tarot reading. And I'm like, why is there a small child in the speakeasy? And later she's going to say it's because her dad was the bartender, but... Why is there a small child in the speakeasy? Shouldn't she be running through the streets like other 1920s urchins? Yeah, I don't know. So this little girl is trying to give a, you know, different flapper a tarot reading. I mean, I assume she was just playing around. Yeah. And Phoebe's like, tarot cards are not toys. And she picks up her doll, the little girl's doll, and smashes it. Yeah. Uh, then some creepy weirdo has a like sexy sex moment with phoebe where he pushes her up against the wall and it's like what the ghost was doing to her before yeah it's weird because you did give a trigger warning although when we see it with the actual guy it's it, it is a consensual moment if you know uh a bit rough yeah and it, it's just weird because it was so obviously being played as non-consensual before, but now, I, I, I don't know, it just, it seems, it seems weird to me that Phoebe would have, I was going to say such a strong memory of that exact moment, but I guess it wasn't a memory, it was actually this guy, but invisible, but it wasn't because we see that guy. What happened in this episode? What is happening in this episode? Oh my god. The only way out is through. The only way out is through. So, he pulls her into the garden after they roughly make out against a wall for a few seconds. And he's like, 
I've got this potion that will increase your power threefold. Because, you know, there's three of you, so you have to have three times as much power to win. Yes, and then you'll be able to destroy your cousins once and for all. <laughs> and then she shoots a fireball at a vase, a yard vase, and the yard vase explodes. Which, I'm sorry, how weak were it, How weak were her powers before fireball is like an incredibly basic demon move? Well, but now it's a fireball that's three times as powerful. I mean, for this episode to work, they had to give Phoebe an offensive power, since her powers are premonition. But I guess the thought was it made the most sense to have Phoebe be at the center of this plot because her premonitions kind of match with this would make her the kind of person who'd be in tune with her past lives. But also she needs to be able to shoot fireballs. Anyway, she freaks out and she wakes up. She wakes up back in the manor because I guess Leo was right. She can just come out whenever she tries to. Yeah, she was just sort of hitching a ride on the back of her past selves, subconscious. Well, I mean, that makes sense. She could see everything that was happening. She was feeling everything, but she couldn't control what was happening. That 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 part makes sense to me. That's fine. But I feel like she didn't super get any useful information. Not yet. So... Well, uh, we, you know what, though? She did. She did get the most important piece of information, which is who her past life self was. Why do past selves get reincarnated into the same family that that makes... That makes zero sense. I feel like there has to be a limit on how much we can say that makes no sense in this episode, but past selves and ancestors are two different things. Okay, so Leo tries to kind of explain what's happening... First of all, the reason that everybody is being played by their same actors, the reason that there's a Piper in the past and a Dan in the past and a Prue in the past is because Souls Phoebe's, recognize souls. Yeah, Phoebe's soul recognized their souls. So she saw them as the people she knows them as. And also, like, souls tend to repeat their patterns and are drawn to the same souls so that's why you would get reincarnated within the same family what that that doesn't make any sense also at some point at some point later they call upon the spirits of their ancestors to help them out if they were just passing the same four or five souls back and forth throughout time I feel like they probably wouldn't have much of a ghost army in that episode. It wasn't for army of reasons. It was for, I think, Wyatt's Wickening. Where all of the dead Warren line comes to bless the first child to be a dude in the show. Except for Prue, because likeness rights. Right. I... I, I, don't, I don't have any answers for you. I'll... I'll you're you're you you have the same information that i have i just i feel like this episode has to be deeply non-canonical except for the fact that they repeat it once Paige becomes part of the show and it turns out that her past life was an evil sorceress yeah weird that nobody's soul recognized Paige's soul by the way well she she wasn't running in the same circles yet i'm sure that after they choked phoebe 
Phoebe's past life to death. Spoiler alert for later in the episode. I'm sure that after that, Paige's soul started hanging out with them. (laughs) There you go. So Phoebe tells them what she's seen, including that she ran into neighbor Dan and she she apologizes to leo she's like sorry leo but piper was married to neighbor dan and he's like well past is past he says i'm hoping she learns from her past lives mistakes which is a kind of a creepy thing to say and then yeah this is a really good episode for leo being a giant creep yeah then phoebe mentions that prue was a photographer and she's like oh photography that's what my soul wants to do anyway then phoebe pulls out the handy dandy family tree yeah and discovers that she was okay did they just run out of p names because the family tree has full names for the three girls okay and then when you go up It has Patty's name. It says Patricia. And then when you go up again, it says Penelope, Penny, their grandmother. And then by the time you get to Phoebe's past life that she was just in, it just says P. Baxter. Because the writers ran out of P names to use. They were like, uh, I don't know. Come on, Polly. Patsy. Yeah, so, I don't know why of all the things this episode, I'm so offended by that, but I am. <laughs> also, when exactly did this family decide to start the pee thing? I don't, sometime after Melinda and before this past life. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I really liked the idea of Grams being like, I'm a pee name, so my daughter has to have a pee name, and then I'm going to force her to name her daughters with pee names. Also... Why do all three of these cousins have different last names? That's a good point. I feel like that shouldn't be the case, even if they all three... Well, I guess they got married and took Yeah, but don't witches keep their last name? Isn't that a thing? And that was the implication we got from Graham's pre... I'm sorry, uh, post-reveal that Hollowell was actually not Victor's Mandan name. Anyway. Because remember, in his first appearance, he was Victor Hollowell. And then later, right. they're like, no. the I, th- I feel like it would make sense for Grams to be the first one who's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not changing my name. Hollowell. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that I guess Grams could have been the first one to decide to do that. That does seem like a very Grams thing. God, I wish we got more. Not more Grams as we get her later in this show. And it's not like we get her in that 70s show. No, no. Wouldn't that have been great, though, to do a, a show, a spinoff show that was set in the 70s that was all Grams? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the show did benefit from having that actress as playing Grams, because I don't remember that actress's name, but she's... Yeah. I, I think of her, since we watched so much Bewitched, I think of her and how she really fits into that Endora role. Mm-hmm. I would love an Endora prequel series, too. Just throwing that out there. Well, I mean, Durwood is the worst part of Bewitched, so... Someone someone get on that and make the Endora prequel series. <laughs> anyway, 
Phoebe realizes that there was a small child at the speakeasy. Well, importantly, she realizes from looking at the family tree that her past life died when she hit whatever age Phoebe's about to hit. Well, she died on this day back in the 20s. And she was exactly the age that Phoebe is. Therefore, it must be that Phoebe is going to die today for reasons. I don't know. Fine. Okay. Whatever. Also, as I said, there was a small child at the speakeasy, so Phoebe is thinking maybe she's still alive because that's how time works and maybe <laughs> this old woman will know what happened to her past self instead of just jumping back into her past self's body since apparently Leo was right and you could just come out whenever you want why not go back in which you're gonna end up having to do anyway spoilers because this old woman doesn't want to talk to you because when she looks at you she just sees the evil witch who broke her doll what is up with this episode? I don't They had time to kill. It. This whole bit makes me really uncomfortable, especially because the actress is not great and she's trying to do Alzheimer's acting and it's just... It's like she kind of has dementia. Uh, it, she's not a good enough actress to pull it off and it just ends up feeling... I don't know, insulting? Offensive? Offensive. It It's... It's a lot. Yeah. Because she's doing a little girl voice as an old woman. Yeah, she's like, you broke my dolly. And... Uh, I don't think that's how Alzheimer's works. Okay, so it is a thing that when you start to have dementia, your memories from your childhood or your young adulthood are stronger than memories that came later because that's just how it works. Mm. So the fact that she is remembering clearly things that happened when she was a child is not itself weird, but the weird regressive thing that the actress is doing or is being directed to do is not good. Like, she can remember who Phoebe is because her soul recognizes Phoebe's soul. Souls recognize souls. But it doesn't it doesn't mean that she turns back into the child that she was. Yeah. Also, the child was capable of like speaking in full sentences and stuff. Yeah. Like The child was doing a play tarot reading. She <laughs> This whole thing where she's like, there was fire and and choking and the, the and then the bad witch died and I'm like, oh god, it's so creepy when adults talk like children. Yeah, well, and also it, as you just pointed out, she's talking like the child was four and the child was like ten. Ten. Which I get, it's hard to calibrate. I was gonna say kid wrangle, but yeah, no, they probably. She probably was just, like, directed to act like a child, and she's like, okay, child. So, they leave the room, and Phoebe's like, well, I'm gonna die at midnight. And her sisters are like, why midnight? And she's like, I don't know. None of the rest of this makes sense, and we know it's gonna happen today, so midnight, right? That's when witchy things happen? 
Literally, that's what she says. She's like, I, I, I can't even. And then, and then Leo's like, well, this was a bust. This was a total waste of the few hours you have left. Guess you gotta go back to your past life and figure it out out there. Which is actually, makes more sense than anything else. Also, how many hours did they kill tracking this little girl down? Oh, God, I don't even care. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is so hard to talk about because it's, things don't naturally flow into other things in this episode. The structure of this episode is offensively bad. So, they, is this the part where she does the variation on the spell where she can, like, meet Puppet herself? No, not yet. Okay. Yeah, she's gonna go back into her past life self three times. This is only the second time. Anyway, she jumps back to right where she was, which isn't how fake time travel rules work, I want to say. Since we're dealing with fake time travel rules... Time in the time travel past should be moving at the same rate as time in the present, which means that when she goes back in time, she should go back to several hours after she left instead of the moment when she left. Are you laughing because I, I because I, I'm making up rules and then accusing it of violating those rules? I mean, yeah, but also... This episode just, God, so her... Listen, listen, I consider myself a little bit of an expert in fake time travel rules. Mm. And the type of time travel this is, where you're on a deadline and things that happen in the past affect the deadline you're on in the present. When you have that kind of time travel, then time in the past and time in the present are moving at simultaneous rates. Those are the fake time travel rules. I don't write the rules. I just watch enough TV that I know them. So her evil warlock boyfriend in the past is, he finishes doing her sexy golf lesson, but it's shooting fireballs instead of golf, which is arguably less evil than golf because golf is just an ecological nightmare, but let's not get into that. Oh, he gives her an amulet that will protect her from her sister's witchcraft because remember cousins and also oh god i keep saying sisters also how much does she suck as an evil witch like he just gave her a a potion to increase her power threefold but she also needs this amulet well and she still gets her ass kicked by them she does like she's she's not very effective at being evil well and also, even though she's evil and she enters the scene in this very slinky POV, and we get to see her kind of being a fun, scenery-chewing villain, immediately this warlock boyfriend shows up and it becomes clear that she doesn't really know what she's doing, and also that she probably wouldn't have turned evil except that she wants to please this warlock boyfriend, and it's like... Oh, do we have to do that? Can't we just be evil for fun? Does it have to be for a man? Well, speaking of men... Oh, God. He uses his... Glamour. Yeah, he uses his demon shape-shifting or illusion or whatever powers to turn into Piper's past selves old lover to distract her and oh it's leo 
Yep, it turns out Piper was having an affair with Leo here in the past. Yeah, I guess she was cheating on her husband with past Leo. And she's like, oh my god, past Leo, what are you doing here? And he's like, I need to keep your attention on me for a little while for no sinister reason. And she's like, okay. And then she... He sh- he immediately shifts back into the... He could have just walked up from behind her and grabbed her. Yeah, the, the Leo- amount of time that he gained from being Leo in disguise was negligible. He distracted her for like a second. So now the witch fight happens. And as you mentioned, Phoebe is terrible. She throws a fireball at Prue and Prue just like blows some ice at it to put it out because uh, apparently she has ice breath as her power which seems to hint that they all have different powers except piper tries freezing the warlock and he freezes ish but he starts breaking the freeze so why does she have her power i don't know i don't know then also also phoebe's power got increased threefold and Prue just casually canceled it out with ice breath. That is an accurate statement. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So Prue distracts Phoebe with the flash of her camera because Prue's really into cameras now, guys. And Piper runs up from behind her and chokes her to death with the protection amulet. Well, no, no, no. They they actually rip the protection amulet off of her, and we, the audience, see it slide under uh, the couch. Oh, sorry. She's choking her with something. Just just some random rope. And they're chanting a spell. That will doom her soul throughout all eternity. So basically, every time she gets reincarnated, she'll just die, which is... You, that is that's how reincarnation <laughs> works it's literally how reincarnation works but apparently she'll die at the same time as this past life and any in all future of her lives because redemption's impossible or uh, once his soul has been touched by evil it'll be evil forever i, I mean guess. if you believe in the concept of reincarnation because it apparently exists here then you must be able to evolve with your lives because that's what reincarnation does. I also we see the little girl on the on the stairway watching. Uh... Yeah, they're having this witch fight in front of a ton of people. Well, the people all run out of the house when they start having the witch fight. I... I'm I'm very surprised the cleaners did not step in. I'm joking. The cleaners are like the least consistent part of the charmed universe. So Phoebe wakes back up in the present and is really pissed off that her sisters killed her in a past life and then cursed her to die all the time. You know what? Fair. I think that's a fair thing to be upset about. I I mean, she was pretty evil in the past. Yeah, but like, you don't curse someone throughout time. Yeah, you're right. That's over the line. So they try to have like a sister moment. And this is where we get what you were talking about, where Phoebe's like, wait, am I just doomed to be evil because that's my thing, I guess? Yeah, I went I went evil in uh, the Woogie episode. I went evil in the future. Am I doomed to evil? And they're like, mm, 
I'm sure you'll never become the queen of hell. Don't worry about it. You're not your past self, and you're not your future self, and you're not your present self when you get possessed. (laughs) Oh. Anyway, Prue tries to comfort her by being like, look, you were evil then, and you're good now, so you're clearly getting better. And Phoebe's like, okay, but back in the past, I was good, and then I became evil because I fell in love with the warlock. Yeah. How do you know I'm not just going to meet some other evil dude and become evil again? And they're like, what are the chances of that? Never happen. Also, then Leo comes in the room. He's like, also, I was Piper's lover in her past life. And I know about it because. Because once you become a white lighter, you get to remember all of your past lives. And he remembered that he was Piper's lover and therefore fated to be her lover again. But he didn't mention it because that. (laughs) Would have been weird. Also, you know what doesn't work? Leo had to be alive during this point because he died in World War II. Like, did he not get a soul until he was a, a teenager? I don't... I mean, I'm not sure how old he was supposed to be when he died, but he definitely would have been born in the 20s. Yeah. Like, the war was over by the 40s. I mean, I guess if he was, like, 18 when he died, and he died, I don't know. It's it's real real iffy. Also, this... They mentioned that he died in World War II in this episode. Yeah, and for this timeline to really work, Leo's past life would have to die, like, this year. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Ugh. Anyway, Phoebe mentions the amulet. She needs to find the amulet that could keep her from dying so that she can wear the amulet and then the curse that her sister's past lives put on her won't be able to kill her because she'll be wearing the amulet. And that part actually tracks. That, I, good, that works. But the sisters are like, no, we should go through the Book of Shadows instead. I Honestly, I feel like that's also not the worst idea. Like, if it turns out that she can undo the curse by, like, I don't know, taking a bath with some essential oils, then... Yeah. Yeah. So, Phoebe is gonna go back to the nursing home to ask the woman who was literally no help if... When she watched Phoebe die that time, she happened to notice where her necklace went. And the sisters go to the attic to look at the Book of Shadows. Phoebe doesn't want them to go with her because she doesn't want them to be there when she dies if she's unsuccessful. And they mention that Anton is probably still alive because he was a warlock, so that's something to worry about. And, and this is the thing that I was talking about. The implication is that when Phoebe gets thrown up against that wall at the beginning of this episode, it was Anton. But it wasn't because he's an actual live person wandering around. So it was actually Phoebe's past life making her remember so hard that the memory became physical. Is that what it was? I guess. I mean... It kind of gets dropped once they introduce Phoebe going to the past to relive her past life stuff, but 
did her past life decide to just stop sending her warnings after a certain point? Well, I mean, was Leo even right? Were they warnings? Or is it just like, as she gets closer to death, her past life becomes more forefront because that's the thing that's going to kill her. Like, is she... See, the way I would have done it if I was writing this is that I would have her experiencing all of the physical sensations that her past life self was as the day comes to an end because the spell is going to have her strangled to death. Like, she's just going to choke to death at the moment that her past self did. Well, if I was going to do this episode, I would just not do this episode, but... Okay, I mean, sure. I mean, I feel like the way to do it would be to have Anton using some magic to have her feel like she's reliving her past self, so she casts the spell to switch bodies. Okay, if I was writing this episode, I wouldn't even bring Anton back into it. I, I would have him be long dead. Like, he's just, he just makes it messy. No, I, I feel like he would be the way that you make it work, like... The whole episode is structured around him trying to get his past love's uh, soul or whatever into this new body now that she's been reincarnated. So he just needs to trick Phoebe into casting the spell. Okay, but here's the problem with that. Okay. Why did Anton only show up a couple of hours before Phoebe was supposed to die? She's been alive for like 21 years. Get rid of the death thing. It adds, I mean, it, it's the it's the whole thing that makes the plot go, but it, it just feels like we're looking at a Lego house that was made out of the parts of, like, five different sets. Yeah, you know what? I changed my mind. You're right. The way to do this episode right would be to not do this episode. <laughs> uh, anyway, she goes to the nursing home to try to get some information from the woman who tells her really specifically that she saw the amulet fly off of her neck and slide under the furniture in the foyer. Oh, thank God we haven't changed that furniture in 80 years. <laughs> so now Phoebe is going to figure out, this is what you were talking about, if there's a way that she can go back to the past but, like, be in control of her body so that she can talk her cousins slash sisters out of murdering her. And cursing. I think the more important thing is to talk them out of cursing her soul for all eternity. Who cares if they kill her past self? Now, Leo points out that obviously if she goes back into the body of her past self, it only stands to reason that her past self will take over her present body. Of course. Because that, you know... It really seems like that should have been the villain's plan, as is he just kind of... Lucked into it? Well, he just kind of... Sh yeah, he shows up. Uh, again, that's why I feel like if they had made him more active in her getting the visions, you know... And made this the plan. Yeah. yeah that would. You're, yeah, you're right. That would have made it make more sense. Anyway, Phoebe writes the spell. and and Phoebe shoves the old lady out of the bed and jumps into the bed. And she's like, I'm going to do a bunch of drugs so that my body stays unconscious so the evil past me can't run around killing people. She has Leo keep an eye on her while she does the spell. Because... Mm. 
Because Leo, a guy with no superpowers, or... I mean, I guess he... Later later in the show, he has fighting skills, but I don't know if he does at this point. Okay, so speaking of, she jumps into her past self, who's being choked, and because she's Phoebe now, she has kickboxing, and she kickboxes herself out of the chokehold, and her cousins are like... What? <laughs> what is happening? Also, and- also, putting this out in the universe... Three, three times the power of normal fireball, fireball, completely useless against the cousins. Basic karate knocks them on their asses. (laughs) That is true. And then she starts running around looking for the amulet and her cousins are just confused because what is even happening? Why isn't she just letting us murder her? God. So back at the nursing home, Leo is watching over Phoebe's body when the old woman pulls the amulet out of her jewelry box because she's actually Anton in disguise. God. And You're then, right, Anton did really luck into this whole situation. <laughs> right? Anton, like, punches Leo through the door to the bathroom. Specific- Ordinary mortal Leo. Yes, but this happens specifically so that we can see the old woman tied up in the bathroom, so you don't worry that he killed her. Okay. So then Anton wakes up evil Phoebe in now Phoebe's body and is like, hey, it's it's the year 2000. Don't freak out. And he's... Man, she, she had stayed in Phoebe's body... How pissed would she be to have to live through the 20s again? She's like, I went through the pandemic of 1918, came to the future, and then I had to do it again? God. So. In the past, Phoebe is trying to explain that she and the other girls are all sisters and that they love each other. And that this is, like... Real messed up. (laughs) Also, maybe don't curse me for all eternity. Uh, She realizes it's not working and tries to do the spell to swap back. But it doesn't work because present Phoebe is wearing the amulet now. So the spell doesn't work on her anymore. That doesn't seem like that should work. Is it just an immunity from all spells amulet? Yeah, but it shouldn't make you immune from your own spells, which is what this is, because she is Phoebe. Also, she is Phoebe. So, like, if she's Phoebe reincarnated, then what does it mean for them to have switched bodies? Because they have the same soul, right? But they have different minds, I guess, and the minds... It, it's a Days of Future Past riff. Okay, but... Uh, Except that made more sense because it was Kitty Pride going into her past body. Yeah, not... that, that makes a lot more sense than... Than this. Like, this also implies that... Just having the memories of evil Phoebe... Would cause Phoebe to be evil Phoebe? Like... So if she had all of her memories, no, because 
you know what it it doesn't matter evil phoebe was a different person and now she's in present phoebe's body present phoebe's in past phoebe's body I still think and they're she... trapped there because of amulet shenanigans i still feel like the amulet shouldn't be able to protect her from past phoebe because it's the same soul casting the spell maybe it just protects you from all spells even ones you cast i mean i guess she could still throw her fireballs while she was wearing it but i mean she wasn't throwing them at herself maybe it just i guess it's just a general protection from magic charm which honest to god they should hang on to considering how often they get possessed in this show Mm-hmm. okay so i guess leah woke up and called prue and piper because now they're at the nursing home even though phoebe and anton the warlock have run off and prue you know sees to the old woman make sure she's okay and then she says to piper she doesn't know what happened and piper's like yeah me either and what anton just showed up because he knew that phoebe would track down this woman at the nursing home to ask about the amulet and it's like piper where were you last week when this script was being written but first like we don't have time to worry about that now we have to find anton and past phoebe before more shenanigans i don't know she even says it it's not important how he knew where to find phoebe all that matters is that we find him and get the amulet off of present phoebe but she needs to wear the amulet or else the spell they cast will kill her well so they have to find her take the amulet hope that phoebe in the past is just continuously (laughs) casting this spell and swaps bodies and then put the amulet back on her real fast before she dies at midnight this is the stupidest episode (laughs) (laughs) this is the stupidest plot ever you know it's weird this episode never struck me as particularly bad i think i think you think I didn't give it much thought when I watched it when it wasn't for a podcast. I'm sure when you're not analyzing it scene by scene, it works better, but... (sighs) Does it, though? So, in the past, the warlock guy comes up and he's like, Ah, yes, past Phoebe, let's run away together. And she karate kicks him in the face, which is just the opportunity that past Piper and past Prue needed to grab her and start choking her to death again. Yeah, they jump up behind her and wrap a rope around her body to tie her up and her neck to choke her. And then in the present, the sisters go back to the manor and that's where Phoebe is because they already built a nursing room set. They weren't going to build another one. So... Past Phoebe and current Phoebe's body throws a fireball at them, but Piper freezes her because now she is a bad witch and bad witches can be frozen. That's why she needed to take that potion that would increase her powers threefold because she can be affected by the powers now. Uh, Okay, so they freeze her. She breaks out of it eventually. And then she throws another fireball at them, and Prue uses her power to redirect the fireball to Anton and just burns him up in, like, a really long sequence. Like, it takes him a long time to die. I mean, he's like Paul Rubens dying in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The movie. Yes. 
And then... And that's it. Three times regular power. I'm sorry. Just how weak were her fireballs in the first place? God. And then Piper, like, jumps up behind Phoebe and hits her over the back of the head and knocks her out so they can take off the amulet. What? That's what we have white lighters for. Oops. (laughs) Also, why don't they have a new white lighter? Ugh. Sorry. So, since Phoebe was, in fact, continuously casting the spell in the past, she swaps bodies, they put the amulet back on her, and it saved her life, so now they don't have to worry about that curse ever again. And also, she's not gonna have to worry about it in the next life? I guess? (laughs) That's the next life's problem. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, then we get a scene where Piper and Leo talk about how they're not done yet, even though she chose Dan, and... Leo came back from the heaven for her. Yeah, and he's like, don't you want to do something different in this life? And then the bell rings, and he's like, saved by the bell, and he leaves the house, and Dan comes in, and he's like... Why is he always in your house? (laughs) Seriously, what's the deal? I had a detective friend of mine do a, like, deep dive on this Leo guy, and apparently there's only been one guy in the army named Leo Wyatt ever, and it was during World War II. Okay. Okay. I just, that's not, that's not how names work. I'm relatively certain there's been... At least a couple of Leo Wyatt's in the army since that point. It's not like a super common name, but it feels like just likely to be a thing. Yeah. I'd Google it, but all I would come up with is charm. That's true. That's true. Oh. So Dan has this giant speech about how he's suspicious of Leo and you can't trust Leo. And He's like, I'm just looking out for you. Just be careful. All right, I'm out of here. Bye. I guess this was the <laughs> only reason I came over. I just came over to give you an ominous warning. See you later. So Prue comes up to Phoebe's room and she's like, hey, Phoebe, how you feeling? Evil? Phoebe is writing about Anton in the Book of Shadows just so that, uh... Her future life can be prepared, I guess? Even though he burned up, he's gone. It's fine. Yeah. But, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be a good, uh... A good compendium to the Cole page that she's gonna put in there. (laughs) I can't wait for that. I mean, I can't wait for any of the Cole stuff because, you know, it's actually competently written. So then Prue tries to make her feel better by being like, hey, we all go a little bad sometimes. It's fine. Like, she kind of makes this sex in the city girls brunch joke where she's like, hey, it's fine to be a little bad sometimes. I'm definitely going to kill people when I go back in time. Like, freeze frame. No, it's, I, I mean, no, you just... Whatever. The end. The end. I mean, honest to God, I think this might be the worst episode of Charmed we've seen so far. I think Wedding from Hell actually held together better than yes, this. Yes, Wedding from Hell is better than this episode. I, I, this is the worst episode we've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Wait, wait. None of the plot holds together even under just, like, mild scrutiny. I'm sorry, go on. 
the the she's a man episode might have been worse yeah i mean she's the man is i think probably one of the most sexist things i think i've ever seen you're right that one was more offensive but at least the plot held together yeah it had like a narrative structure well let's do our segments i guess all right so let's dip into our own power of three uh let's start with our first power premonition let's uh Look into the past, present, and future and see which actor is, was, or will become famous. I didn't rec—I didn't recognize anyone, but I think you have someone for this. Yeah, I was actually really excited. I didn't recognize her from the way she looks, but when I saw her name, I recognized it. Uh, David Chase, who mm-hmm. plays young, the, the young Christina, the girl who is at the speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Is the girl from The Ring. She's Samira. Oh. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. I guess I guess horror TV shows slash movies had a limited stable of young actresses. Oh, yeah. You see that girl from, uh, I think Joanne Furlan is her name. She's the girl from uh, uh, the Silent Hill movie. Oh, okay. Okay. She was in a ton of horror movies around that time. I guess it would be kind of a specialty. Well, it's like that one little girl that Netflix has be all of the uh, little girls in flashbacks. Okay, that's not Netflix because uh, she is, she's young Regina from Once Upon a Time. And she's also young... Rebecca. From Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You're right. There, There was this giant, like, list of shows that this one girl was in as people in flashbacks i guess it's so hard to work as a child that if there's a child actor who can hit their mark and say their lines and not be too difficult to work with they get a lot of work Hmm. so that'll take us to our next segment time freeze what specifically dated this episode this was a period piece so it's hard to say yeah i don't really feel like there was any early 2000s stuff in this episode because it was a weird high schooler's idea of what the 1920s were so let's just talk about how they hit on everything right we literally see a woman dancing the charleston flappers old-timey cameras the manor is a speakeasy for some reason so that i guess yeah Okay, that'll take us to our next segment. Telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? Nothing. 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 But I do have something, and it's probably the same thing you have, for our secret fourth power. Uh, you mean astral projection? What made? What was so bad it made you want to leave your own body? And it was old Christina talking like a child yelling you broke my favorite dolly oh my god i just shuddered i shuddered Ugh. Ugh is right so i guess that'll about do it for this week i'm sorry i feel like we're normally more positive than this even in terms bad seasons it's at least kind of fun but this was just a this is such a drudge to get through well it's because when you're trying to explain an episode and you're putting more thought into it than the writers did when they wrote it. It's it's hard. I mean, it, 
it's just a plot where and then this happens and then this happens and this which I know is sort of how everything works all the time. There's but... so much hand waving in this episode. And they acknowledge it, but not in like a cool meta way, but in a lazy way. And it like, look, we're we're like over halfway through the season. Ugh. Hey, everything happens at midnight, so it's probably when I'm going to die. How did Anton know I would be here? Don't know. Doesn't matter. I guess Phoebe's past self was sending her warnings somehow. I guess we're just going to drop it after the first 10 minutes of the episode. Also, we don't even address how Anton was able to get the amulet out of the manor after they killed past Phoebe. It doesn't matter. Next week we're talking about episode 15, Give Me a Sign. And the Google description is, Phoebe helps Piper cast a spell in order to help her choose between Dan and Leo. Meanwhile, Bane is broken out of jail and kidnaps Prue to force her to use her powers to save him from powerful demons that are after him. Bane? That's what it says. Did I miss something? Okay. Bane. Huh. So... I, I do remember parts of this episode. I only remember the uh, Piper subplot where she casts a spell for the universe to show her a sign who she should be with, uh, Leo or Dan, and it's stuff like uh, oh. a bird drops a fish on her car because he used to play for the Marlins, or a giant wooden angel falls on Phoebe because Leo used to be an angel. Ugh. Bane, <laughs> yeah. Bane was the criminal underlord that hired Ms. Oh, Hellfire. Hellfire. Oh, that's a fun callback. Yeah. Oh my god, is he your last recurring love interest in the show? Oh my god, he is. We all thought it was Jack, but it's Bane. That's amazing. Okay. God. So that'll about, you know, I, I think, I think that'll about do it. No, I think that'll do us for this week. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Mara Cruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, Kate, and Jen. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Mm-hmm.